Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bing, ba-dong, ba-da-da, bing, bing, bong, ba-da-da, bing, ba-da, bong, bong, ba-dong. <laughs> Great stuff, Claire. Good intro. Hello. Welcome to Suggest the Podcast, a podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. My name is Claire Twenty. James Clement is here also. Ah. We are married. And we're ready. We're ready to get fired up. I'm going to get a little fiddly thing. I have a little coffee. It's the afternoon here. The sun is sort of semi-shining. Why are you shaking your head? I just saw these minor details that aren't interesting. Like you, you just you, people love the irrelevant information. People come here for facts. They say, "What are the things that you what you did?" No, the they facts. they come here for my sparkling written personality and your. I don't know. Why do they come to see you? <laughs> for me to go. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's that's generally your your thing. I'm going on a little regional tour, and you don't want to come. No, I don't want to go anywhere, <laughs> no, let alone to to somewhere regional. Yuck! <laughs> it's going to be really fun. I'm going to Yakandanda. I'm going to Yarrawonga, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to the Wesleyan, which is in Northcote. So that's not that's regional. That's not very regional that's at all. That in last a city, one. In, yeah. in a city. But anyway, um, if you are from Melbourne or surrounds, and you would like to come, I'm going to show at the Yakandanda Courthouse on the 29th of April. And uh, it lines up with your trial. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I thought, why not kill two birds with one stone? It's all those parking fines. And then on the 30th of April, I'm going to Yarrawonga, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and that's a venue to be decided, but I'm pretty sure it'll be at the Civic Hall. And then the next week, I am taking my album to the lovely Wesleyan in Northgate. That's right. That'll be 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Tickets are on sale now. There's a little link below. Collins has done it. How does he do it? I don't know. And at the moment, actually, no, that, um, yeah, no, there'll be still a day left of the code. So they're $35 tickets. But if you book a group, you get $10 off with the discount code Mother's Day. Fantastic. Yay. Fantastic. And Hannah Ackfield, who's an amazing singer-songwriter from Melbourne, is playing support. We're playing the album. It's going to be real fun. That's enough plugging for me. Good. Well, should we do the show? Have you got your first recommendation? Or do I you do. want me to do first recommendation? Um, no, you go this time actually because I went first last week. Wow. That's very kind of you. You're welcome. Oh. I'm nothing if not kind. That's what they say about me. You're a big fan of the Boston Strangler, yeah? Him personally. Yeah. Yeah, I heard he's quite funny. I really like his penchant for um, American Strangling. hot dogs. Oh, does he? Yeah, and with mustard and sauce. I didn't know about that, but this you is a man. He also likes to wear a little top hat. No, he was a real. Sometimes he does tap dancing. He was a real. He was a real murderer. We like to go to watch avant-garde films together. Really, <laughs> with this man who from the '60s who strangled a bunch of women. Yeah, it's You're really a fan not of this very guy. Funny. You're a fan so of funny this man. This, I'm in a real silly mood. Well, Claire, if you are a fan, you probably be a fan uh, of this movie. It's directed and written by Define Matt Rushkin. Fan. I don't know. You seem to like this guy who strangled women in the '60s. It stars oh. Kira Knightley, Carrie Ooh. Coon, Chris Cooper. David Dash Melchin. So here's the synopsis. 
Reporter Loretta McLaughlin yes. uh, becomes the first person to connect a series of murders and, and break the story of the Boston Strangler, Ooh. your best friend. My best friend. She and Jean Cole uh, challenged... Why did you say it like that? Jean Cole <laughs> challenged the sexism of the early 60s to report on the city's most notorious serial killer. So this was a real man or mans, right? Mm, yes, all the mans. There seems to be... There was a series of uh, strangulations and murders that happened that were very similar, but it nobody realized that all these people getting strangled were being strangled by the same person, even though it was literally the same crime again and again and again, right? Wowza. Until this reporter who played by Kira Knightley, who's a re- again a real person, she worked for like the um you know, like the slice of life section of the newspaper where it's like, what kind of drapes do you have or whatever? You know, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, no, I want to, you know, I think these are connected or whatever. So she goes out on her own and she breaks this huge story, which of course throws it throws in the face of the police because they're like, we're the police. We know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're the police. And because the newspaper often, you know, they're, they're in their job, not always, but often is to kind of uphold certain, you know, c- c- make sure that everything's looking good for the police. You know what I mean? Make sure that there's mm-hmm. a certain standard that they are meeting to make You've sure. You've got to set the standard. That the police aren't making any kind of mistakes like missing a big murderer who's doing big murders all the time. <laughs> I don't know why and I find it so funny. What's why? I don't know why I don't you find know it so why funny it's either. It's not funny at all today. It's but just not funny. Why what about this? When you look at these cases, it's really just down to incompetence or people failing to see or even just believe that there are mm. connections between all these different situations. Here's the thing about this movie. It does feel like it could have been like a more detailed series. It felt kind of rushed. I really like the two leads, like Kira Knightley and Carrie Coon. They're great and they're great together. Remember the series we watched with um, uh, It's a Good Australian, Tony Collette, and she's looking into that, like that's the serial rapist or whatever. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. It was horrifying. And it built on brilliant. that relationship between those yes. two and all of that. Right. Like, and the man came through her window and yeah, no one believed her. It's horrendous. Yeah. I can't remember that. Uh, let me look it up while you're talking. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it kind of felt like this could have been – kind of expanded upon a, a little bit. I didn't I didn't dislike it. It's kind of like a David Fincher light-esque kind of thing if anyone's ever seen the movie Zodiac, oh, for example. I see. It's got that kind of kind of vibe. It's David Fincher. David Fincher, he's, he made like Fight Club and Zodiac and Social Network. Also and like big fancy stuff. movies. Big I don't fancy know. movies. He's a great director. Unbelievable. What is? Was the title. <laughs> Was the t- <laughs> The title of the series. Was yes. the title of the series starring Tony Collette, Merritt Weaver, and Caitlin Dever? Yeah. Um, yes. That was a really good show. It was really and good. Horrendous at the same On Netflix. time. Yeah. I guess what, what is interesting about, I think, this uh, movie as well is that it does support kind of a few theories that are going around about the Boston Strangler because, as people may know, this was a real case and they thought they're pretty confident they got the guy who, who did all the Boston stranglings. Mm. But it's also possible and and he definitely did some of the murders, it would seem. Oh, so you think that like, he didn't do all of them? Yeah. So there's theories posited. And like copycatting? Copycatting, people just seeing an opportunity to, like, get somebody out of their life by by doing this and then blaming oh, it on And when the by Boston somebody Strangler. we mean men murdering women. I mean men murdering women, That's yes. That's pretty much it. I doubt there were many women's. Murdering their husbands with strangling. I mean, there are female killers and serial killers. Yes, I know there but are, they but are ve- the the numbers are 
<laughs> skewed heavily yeah. towards Correct. men and white men You know men why? Women are too tired. <laughs> too tired to be strangling? <laughs> yeah, but also I think women don't strangle, do they? Don't nah, they? If they do kill, they nah. like poison. Isn't that the, the, the thing? Yeah, it's poisoning mostly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sense, yeah. I don't know why I know that. No, it's just makes but sense. I've got it in the back of my head. If you're gonna for murder, a rainy you, day. You gotta murder smart. I'll wait till there's like a serial poisoner in the village oh, where in the we, village live. we live. Yeah, <laughs> and then you better watch out, mate. Just why don't you just do the serial poisoning and then you'd have to wait? Seems like a lot of effort. It does seem like. And a lot as of previously discussed, I'm too tired to do a serial poisoning. <laughs> I think I think it's also really hard to poison someone nowadays because there was a guy oh, who the was poison recent, hotline. Yeah, poison hotline. No, but. <laughs> There's a guy recently who was caught. He poisoned his wife. Why are you looking so? And then, because I'm just thinking about this and how stupid you would have to be. <laughs> I can't remember the specifics of like who it was. It was somewhere in America, so that narrows it down. But basically, his Google search history was just like, "What poisons are undetectable? <laughs> poisons that are cheap and undetectable. Local poisons I could use to poison someone, maybe my wife, maybe." And then he's got like, and then he just went shopping for poisons. And he, he poisoned his wife and he got found out because did, he's a moron. Did he not understand anything about our social media it's or kind like of the crazy. internet yeah, works or yeah. search histories or any of that? Well, that's how the, um, who was the guy? Uh, the BTK killer, who was a, another very famous serial killer and rapist, was he murdered people for, like, uh, for, for years and he got away with it and then he disappeared right. for like maybe 15, 20 years. And so there was an article written that was like, oh, he's probably dead. Like he died in custody or he just died. Like he was an old guy and he died. Maybe he had a heart attack. Who knows? And then he started writing letters again being like, no, I'm still out there or whatever. And they were like, oh, shit, this is the guy. Like he's still around. This was in like the mid-2000s. Do go on, have an episode on this and there's multiple documentaries. But uh, this is my favourite serial killer because he's a fucking idiot. Also, and so he said, I want to send evidence of what I've done or whatever. Can you trace the origins of like a disc? Yeah. Um, this is like a, you know, the, the hard discs that we yes, used to Yes, yes, they're called the floppies. I know you know that, but. They're called floppy well, they're not, discs, we had floppy but they were always hard. That. Yeah. I don't understand that. Um, I mean, obviously hard is preferable to floppy. Sure, absolutely. Right. Depend. I mean, it depends when, <laughs> when you are. Uh, where you are and when you are. That is a very good point, actually. It depends on the timing of said floppy or hard situation. Yeah. But I still think it's a weird – I've always thought it was a weird name for the discs. Yeah, well, they used to be like – I don't know if you remember, they were much bigger. I do remember that, but then they became hard, little ones, but yeah. we still called them floppies. Hard disc is different now because it's like – It's hard drive. Internally and whatever. And USBs. Anyway, so this guy, it turns out, uh, so he sent them a disc and he, he'd wiped it but just deleting files. But anyway – most things, if you don't wipe it properly or know what you're doing, they've got like, you know, there's a whole lot of encrypted data which just kind of sits under the surface of everything. So they just yeah. found this dude and lo and behold, it was this guy who looks like a murderer. Oh, my God. Uh, his name was Dennis Rader. It looks like, why do they all have weird glasses? I don't know. They've they all, all got that. Look. like that aesthetic. They're men of a certain era and he was like. Age, era, balding, beard. These kind yeah. of serial killer glasses that they never ever look like they've been cleaned. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, so but he. Surely there are handsome serial killers, are there? Well, they say Ted Bundy's ha- uh, handsome. I don't think he is, but. No, I, I don't think so. Anyway, they so they got this guy and he was just like a family man and he worked at a church and whatever. It was just one of those uh, dudes and yeah. as they sometimes, but not always are. He's often a church husband look, well, isn't it? Well, there's, you know, if you look at like the history of like abuse and whatever, I know people are saying like, well, if you look, it's the trans community or whatever. It's like statistically 
very unlikely that it that it's that it's that it's like family members it's like community leaders correct it's things like that correct it's, i mean i'm not saying it doesn't happen of course it happens like anybody is capable of this but if you look again if you look statistics. at the statistics it's yes. yeah there's a very clear yes. distinction between what kind of people right. are committing these crimes exactly. it's the same thing about hand-wringing about trans bathrooms or yeah, exactly. trans women using female you yeah. know bathrooms mm. <sighs> Yeah, because who's we, getting who's who's doing who's actually who's doing the abusing, assaulting yeah, of women? It's, it's, it's not trans. Yeah. Women. <laughs> yes, exactly anyway. correct. Anyway, anyway, this movie it's fine. It's on Hulu if you are in anywhere other than Australia, but if it's on Disney Plus Star, if you like Australia. Every time I hear the word Hulu, I always hear someone going Hulu in you my head. You hear someone do that? Yeah, I do. Well, that, I don't know why. That makes sense because that is the official. What sound of is Hulu. this movie called again? Boston Strangler. Boston, and it has Your the mate. face Kira Knightley. Kira, why the face? She's got the face. You know the Kira Knightley face. It's really very, don't. very representable of things. You know the face. I, I really also, don't. I watched her recently in two things. One was Love Actually because I'm just watching rom coms currently. It's so problematic that whole storyline yeah, of her. So weird. She was like really young. She at was the really time. young. I mean, she wasn't supposed to be in the movie. No, but, yeah. but also like clearly, he just it was very close up videos of her face. That she didn't know about. So weird. Yeah. And then the other movie I watched with her was um, not Music and Lyrics. That's the one with Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore. Begin Again. Begin Again. And I just really like that movie. I just I like know it. you like it. You'll it's always like, be watching it. Not always be, but it's just like I like the songwriting always aspect of it. I like it. the songs. I just like cool New York vibes. It's just a, it's a, it's a fun one. Great. Anyway, not my recommendation today though. Is it my turn? Do you have an actual recommendation? I do. Though? So I have a new rom-com TV show which I surprisingly really loved. <gasps> so, Beth O'Leary is an author and she had a debut novel called The Flat Chair that came out in 2019 that became a bestseller, smash hit. Everyone loved it. Train passengers and beach loungers all reading this book, The Flat Chair. It's kind of like a traditional rom-com, but I think with a bit of a twist. What's and the twist? So the twist is that the two flatmates share a bed. So <laughs> Okay. And so one of them. Gross. Yeah, it's it, well, it's interesting because actually you think the premise sounds completely absurd and it kind of is, but then also it really does make a statement about the rental crisis currently in London. Well, so yeah, I'm set exactly, in London. Yeah. You can actually see this happening. So Anthony Welsh plays um, Leon and he works night shifts at a hospice mm-hmm. from 8am till 8pm. And he's also got a brother who's incarcerated and he's trying to get him out on appeal. So he needs to save some money. Right. And so in order to do that, he puts out an ad for someone to come and use his flat between 8pm and 8am while he's working. Oh, and so then okay. he yep, gets the yep, flat yep. during the day. And so that person turns out to be Tiffany, who is played by Jessica Brown, Finlay. Now, she is really excellent. What's the show called again? It's called The Flat Chair. Mm-hmm. And really it opens with Tiffany, Jessica's character, in tears. She's clearly just been through a breakup. She's a bit of a mess. She works in social media at, you know, a horrible online magazine that's just wanting more and more content. Nice. And so because she had to move out very quickly from her partner's flat after the breakup and she clearly has this like horrible, creepy kind of ex-boyfriend who's played really excellently, she needs to get out of there and decides that she's going to do this. And to her friend's chagrin, may I add, everyone is loving the comedy of this. But what I actually find really lovely about it is even though so much of it is done in split screen, it's almost a little bit like Sliding Doors. Remember how they shot Sliding Doors? I remember the movie Sliding Doors. 
Correct. Well, it's they a, cut Gwyneth Paltrow's hair for that. They do. So one of the things that sells this is a the two performances are really great. And um, B. And can I just? Get, I'm helping. <laughs> so annoying. And B, they communicate via post-it notes. And C. And C. There's just great chemistry. There's and great chemistry. Can I just get through my review? I tried really hard not to talk too much. Yeah, but go on. Sorry. Through yours. So they don't actually share a lot of screen time together. No, not no, they don't. No, it's all done through. And I haven't watched the whole series yet, so I'm sh- I'm assuming at some point they do. Share they probably the meet. They probably meet, but it is very much a little bit sleepless in Seattle in that way. And so they're obviously very careful not to cross over. So they leave before the other one gets there, if that makes sense. Yes. And every night, the thing that gets me though, can, is indicative of how tired I am. They have to strip the bed every time they wake up in the morning. Right, so right, So they right. set their alarm at 6.30, strip the bed, change the sheets back over. And I just, to me, the idea of changing your sheets every morning Ugh. is a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> all of it, like the bedding and everything, all of that stuff. Anyway, that aside, it's it's adorable and fun and very addictive, weirdly. Like it's, you know, it's not, I don't know, a masterpiece. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with watching something that's not a masterpiece. Yeah, but it's great. And um, Leon's incarcerated brother, Richie, is played by Shaq B. Grant, and he's really excellent and you immediately warm to him. He was, it says, wrongly convicted for armed robbery, mm. and so he's in jail currently. She also has a best friend, um, Maya, played by Shaniqua Okwok, who's really great. She's a, like a lawyer. And then Mo, who's her really like adorable sort of asexual best friend is played by Disney's future Prince Eric, Jonah Hauer King. I think that's how you say his name. Are you looking forward to New Little Mermaid? Because you love those remakes, I, those Disney remakes. Oh, God, I know. Maybe I'll like this one. And Tiffany's boss is played by Dustin Demery Burns and he's from Strathlet's flat, Am I Being Unreasonable? Yes. Um, and he just yet again proves that he's great at being an insufferable sort of like slightly lovable kind of awkward type of guy. Mm. He's great in it. It's just quite funny and I like him a lot. So overall, if you're looking for a lovely kind of British comedy drama. What do you give it out um, of 10 bananas? I give it like a good solid eight bananas. Wow. Just because it's just what I feel like watching at the moment, you know, and there's some like heartfelt moments and you just, the script is actually quite fun. I was surprised. Sometimes you watch those rom-coms and you just feel like it's so clunky and the writing is so awful yeah. that you just can't it's just it just feels like very frothy and surreal and kind of badly shot. Whereas I think the the way they've shot this is really great. The outfits are cool. It feels quite grounded um, and there's some real comedy in there. Also, he works in a hospice, the main character Leon and they're kind of, that's kind of beautiful. There's some beautiful scenes with him with patients. That's quite sad. So the writing, um, Rose Lewinstein has yeah. done most of the writing with Sarah Simmons, Ryan Calais Cameron, Alex Stracker. And also the direction is mainly by Peter Cataneo and then three episodes by Chloe Wicks. So what I also like about it, and you can tell in the dialogue, is that it's got like a mixed mix of genders right, okay. writing the yep, script. Yep, and I yep. just think you can always tell because the characters actually say things that, you know, women would in real life. Yeah, absolutely. And the friendships are really great too. Um, yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. The other thing I thought was interesting is it does shed a light on the kind of difficulties 
being faced at the moment with this whole kind of transient work situation. It's insane. Yeah. People not getting proper... Proper pay and yeah. also the stress. So she works in this social media company and the stress of not being able to keep her job and the idea that you have to just create more and more content that grabs people, that's salacious and disturbing and, and whatever cost. And if you don't do that, then you lose your job. It's really real. It reminded me yet again and just the crushing... Mm cost of rent when you're living in that kind of way. Yeah, it's it's getting worse and worse. So there is some little bit of kind of real commentary in there too about that. But mostly it's like real fun. Would you say the rent is too damn high? Yes, correct. Exactly. And I do, it just reminded me again that like when I was in my 20s, I at least felt like I would definitely be able to get a job and pay my rent. Yeah, well, that was... Also, being teachers, there's like there was. There was I think it's less security. now, but there's less security now because there's there are now less contracts for te- ongoing contracts. Yeah. So you're like, well, my contract's up at the end of the year. I hope I'm going to come back next year. Yeah. Hope somebody doesn't come back from leave and take my job. <laughs> Correct. Um, exactly. But yeah, that that also is not a recommendation to go into teaching. If you're thinking about doing it, don't. <laughs> Uh, oh, God, it's not that. No, it's such a beautiful job in so many ways, but it is also really tricky. Anyway, that's the flat share. It's on Paramount Plus or I watched it through Prime and it's very charming and tightly written and I loved it. Great. Cool. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Party down, Claire. Party down. That's a show I've been watching. Hey, so party on down. I don't know. I don't go party. On. So no, yeah. <laughs> so no, how, how would you party down? Um, with a nice la, 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 strong la, cup la, of tea la, and a la, book la, in la, bed. La, la, wow. Probably also just like playing music because that's what I've been doing. At the you have a stack of uh, a, a stack of books on your nightstand. I don't know how many of them you've read. I suspect none. No, I've read most of them. I have actually read most of them. They're Name friends ten. of mine. Ten that I've read. Yeah. That are beside my bed. Everything I know about love. What else have I got on there? Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I've got, do you want me to list all of them? Yeah, don't want 10. All right. I have got uh, Useless Magic by Florence Welsh, all of which I have read. That's three. (laughs) I have also got on there, what else are some other books that I've just started reading? What else? Oh, yeah. I'm reading Night Bitch by Rachel Yoda. No, I've read that one actually. That's sitting on my nightstand. I've read that one. And there's also Amy Tunig's new book that I've just started, which is really amazing, Tell Me Again. Yeah, there you go. That's five. That's three. No, that's five. <laughs> anyway. Right. I'll give you two at the end of the week. my bad memory. Okay. Party down. This is a show. Party down. Here's what it's about. This is a synopsis. While chasing dreams of stardom, six Hollywood wannabe actors and writers make ends meet by working for a posh Los Angeles catering company, which tackles a different event, Senior sing- singles, mixes, prom awards, after parties, a Sweet 16 bash in each episode. Right. So this stars Adam Scott, who you mm-hmm. might know from many things, including Parks and Rec. Yeah. He's the one who marries Leslie Nope. Yeah. Saying that, but you don't know. I know who Adam Scott okay. is. Ken Marino. I love him. Okay. He's the one him. that was in that one. I love him and love him. He's the one that was also in that one where they like worked and then they went home and they didn't know that they were at work or at home. 
He was in Severance. You're correct. Thank you. It was called <laughs> Go to Work. Are we at work? I'm at home. Thank Can we you. Work? See, I, I, I don't know I'm at work. should be a professional synopsis. No, that's writer. how I name movies and shows. Uh, right. So, Ken Marino, Jane Lynch. Do you know Jane Lynch? She's uh, from Glee. Me. Jane Lynch. Hang on, I'll just show Google you. it. Is this really interesting? It's probably not interesting to no, anyone need every to time. This you is need... Jane Lynch. She's oh, yes, amazing. I love her. She's, she's really so funny. funny. Yeah. Oh, my God, she's so funny. She's, hilarious. she's also in, what is she in? Ten Things I Had About You? I'm not, Maybe. Say. She's in one of those. She's a principal in something and yeah. she's hilarious. Yeah, she's the principal in Glee or something. Yeah, or oh, maybe that's um, who I'm thinking of. Well, what it's got she... Martin Starr, Ryan Hansen, Lizzie Kaplan for the first two series at least. Now, what's interesting about this show, Claire? The 40 year old virgin, she's really she funny in that, too. Yeah. I love that. What's interesting about this show, Claire? Yes, I'm listening now. This show's started in 2009 and it had two seasons and then it was cancelled. And off the back of that, Jane Lynch went to Glee, Adam Scott went to Parks and Rec. He, I think, and her also at the time were like kind of blamed for it being cancelled, but apparently it was going to get cancelled anyway. Like it would, And he got word that like they're going to cancel this. She yeah, should go also do she jumped, he jumped ship. So I went for two seasons and this – like it kind of went under the radar. This has some of like the funniest people and performances and writing you would see mm. in, a, in a sitcom. So there's two seasons where there's 10 episodes. And then this year, 13 years after the last wow. season, they brought it back <gasps> with most of the old cast. The only one who's not back yet, because I think there's one or two episodes left this season, is Lizzie Kaplan, which is a shame because she's terrific. But she's doing well. It's not like she's dead. So that's great. But uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a few people that come in. New cast members. It's not like she's, she's not dead. dead. She's not dead. Don't worry about it. Uh, like Jennifer Garner's in this season, for uh, example. Oh, I love her. It's great. Her Instagram account, so good. I know you love Jennifer Garner's love Instagram her. account. So it's really awkward and hilarious and depressing and it also speaks to like minimum wage work and trying to make rent and trying to run a business and trying to keep your head above water and also trying to make it in a creative field and how everything is luck and you need to know somebody. If you don't know somebody, well, too bad or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this is everybody, every single person in this show could headline like their own comedy show. Like it's that good. Everybody is that mm. good in it and the writing is is that good in it as well. It, it's only come back for six episodes. I'm hoping it – hello, Ollie, just came into the room. I'm hoping it does go for more because it's been like consistently good for, well, nearly 15 years now, Claire, 14 years. Even wow, though it's Even though it's only been on the air for three <laughs> of those. 2009 it started. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Uh, so around the world you'll find it on Stars, mm-hmm. but in Australia it's on Stan. I cannot believe they brought this back. I really want to check this out yeah. now. You should start. Also, if you're thinking start. like, oh, I'll watch the newer ones, you can, but, but you watch. should watch all of it. It's all good. It would be interesting just watching them age like that. Too, yeah, right? they don't really age that much. Oh, yeah, they're famous people. <laughs> famous people don't age no. like regular that's human beings. That's the secret to eternal youth. Just yeah, be really rich. actually, and that segues into my recommendation. Can I talk about mine? Is it Staying Young Forever? No. Well, so my recommendation is Lana Del Rey's new album. Oh! And talking about people that haven't aged. So I thought that I wasn't actually I've, – I've listened to her music for a long time, so I knew that she had to be around for a long time, but she looks – Exactly the same. And I realised we were born in the same year, in oh 1985. <laughs> but she just doesn't – she looks ageless, obviously probably for like many interventional reasons. And power to her, whatever you choose to do, cool, cool. Anyway, it was just amusing to me because we're the same age but I do not look like that. 
Anyway, Lana Del Rey, actually known as Elizabeth, her real name is Elizabeth Woolridge Grant. Oh. And so I kind of went on a deep dive because I always enjoyed a lot of her music. You might remember Young and Beautiful as I one of do. her big hits. You might also remember her from the song that I did at our friend's wedding that had a lyric in it, I wish I was dead or you want me dead or something like that. And it turned out. Our friend had given us the wrong title for the song. And so at their wedding, I sang the wrong song (laughs) (laughs) about her being dead, about just death in general. You didn't have that conversation? Well, no, because they, like, because it was an international wedding, they sent me the song titles they wanted and I learned three of them, one of which was Songbird, one was my song All Kinds of Lovely and this third one by Lana Del Rey. And there was like a whole personal joke to go with it. And so I learnt the song, but I thought it was like a personal joke or something. And because it was international and I was pregnant at the time, I just, I don't know, I probably should have double checked when I read the lyrics, but I was like, cool, it must be some kind of running joke. Sure, let's go. And so go. I learnt it and I sung it very sincerely at their wedding and I only found out a few years ago that it was the wrong song. But did they realise that you didn't do that? I don't know. Like I, that you didn't. Do you have receipts that say like? Yeah, yeah, it's in the email. Yeah, yeah, it's in the email chain. So it wasn't my fault. So anyway, (laughs) Uh, funny, very funny, and also probably quite embarrassing for me. Ah. Anyway, that's and also at the time when I was singing it, and because I did say during it, this is a funny song that, like, you know, there's a personal joke, but neither of them so polite said anything to me after that. I would have stopped. I would have said stop. (laughs) Stop what you're doing. Anyway, I really I really enjoy her music. She's slightly a controversial figure as well as I'm discovering. Why is that? She's a racist? She's, yeah, potentially. Well, I actually oh, no. don't know if she is. I think it's more she's seen as like this anti-feminist because she has been writing about music that's wet, that kind of paints her in quite a passive role in her sexual exploits basically and in yeah. her relationships with men. And so for a while she said she wouldn't describe herself as a feminist altogether. But then after the Me Too movement she has. Yeah. Um, but then recently she did make some controversial tweets, which I read and I understand why people thought they were controversial, about saying, you know, she's copped flack for years for being this kind of submissive, passive, you know, person in her relationships and all this commentary about her also being like quite overt with her sexuality, like her songs mm. often have quite sexualized kind of lyrics and how she's copped flack for years but then she named a whole lot of artists, like women of colour, and then said now that all these people are, you know, creating content like that, it's seen as empowering and why is it why is it not okay for me to be a fragile sort of submissive woman yeah. and uh, and you know in that way and isn't it okay that women women should be able to have all different types well, of narratives yeah i guess that them. i mean i i've known literally yeah. nothing about this mm. but isn't and that so, the idea you can just with idea with feminism is that you can do whatever you ex- want yeah and it's all about choice and, correct yeah. yeah it's just people had said and look i don't want to get too much in this because i'm i actually am just more interested in her as an artist and a musician sure so there's a lot of different opinions one of the opinions, and I kind of understand this, is the historical issues, A, with women's equality. Sure. Um, and B, particularly with intersectional feminism and with women of colour and the fight that they've had to have their voices heard at all. Yeah. And their music actually given the credit it deserves. Absolutely. Which is actually people of colour all over. So there's kind of this idea that her she was 
I guess this kind of white fragile fragility stuff happening. Right. Okay. Anyway, I don't really want to go into too much of this. You want to talk about I, the album? I actually find it fascinating because she's a singer songwriter and a producer. She has made so many amazing albums. She has won. Oh yeah, name so 10. many. Oh, you're so annoying. <laughs> so cool. So she's the recipient of two Brit Awards, two MTV Europe Music Awards, a Satellite Award, six Grammy Awards and a Golden Globe Award. She's also made her own music videos, like self-published. The one that went viral was her was in 2011 and it was a single video called Video Games that she made herself, which then got her a recording contract. Um, She's really progressive in her music, which is interesting because obviously there's this controversy about her political beliefs or, you know, things that she said. But her music is so interesting and varied in each of her albums and she has this really interesting kind of aesthetic. It's kind of like old Hollywood glamour but kind of dark and broken at the same time. She uses a lot of kind of interesting vocal range. Her vocal range is over three octaves and very breathy, very like an interesting kind of style. She has had an album. So the one before this one that was just released um, in March is called Did You Know There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? And it's very much that kind of aesthetic of like, broken Hollywood kind of glamour and very fragile vocals but then very bold lyrics. Right. And it's yep, quite, yep. yeah, there's like like kind of open things about sexuality in there. She has lyrics about, you know, being an American whore and, and, and that kind of style of writing plus interesting storytelling as well. It's very lyrically dense. She's also a poet so she's published poetry books as well. And interestingly when she first started writing music, she was studying like metaphysics and philosophy, religion and science. And you can kind of sense that she's um, incredibly intelligent. Mm. So yeah, it's just interesting that she's been quite controversial. Also on this, there's quite a few um, big names like John Baptiste, who I really love, who's done. You love him. I do love him. Real John, what's his name? Real John Misty um, also does a cameo as well. And a whole lot of other. She also did a duet or a. she was on um, a Taylor Swift track on her re- most recent album, Midnight. Okay. That yep, went yep. great guns as well. Norman fucking Rockwell was her sixth studio album and that came out That's in rude. 2019. I know. And it was primarily produced by Del Rey and Jack Antonoff. And it's so interesting because it's more like a soft rock sounding album with like psych rock influences and big piano ballads. And there's references to like various classic rock artists. Whereas this one, yeah, is is really different again. And she almost has this really deadpan way of singing where she also represents like contemporary pop culture and 1950s to 1960s Americana. Um, And it's very kind of melancholy and cinematic. So it's almost, yeah, the lyrics are so dense. I just, it's so interesting to me. And I just find... Someone like this who's had such a long career in music, which you, you compare her to someone like Taylor Swift, mm. and even though if people hear her name, there's sort of this narrative that she's not a very good singer, that she's just got the looks and then she got a recording contract. Is that true though? It's not true, yeah. but that was... I, didn't an, never th- I know there was that thing about like... She had she, one she bad botched like one performance, but who, yeah. who, who cares? Like, I know. So, many, so many people just mime anyway. Yeah, exactly. But it is kind of interesting. She says because of her... The, her type of vocal quality and also for a while she was singing very high 
And she felt like because of the way she looks, she's kind of like a bombshell. Mm. She felt like people didn't take her seriously as an artist because of how high her vocals were. So she lowered her voice, particularly on purpose. I don't know if anyone else finds this interesting because I find this fascinating, but obviously that's just also I love talking about vocal quality. But it is does say something about what we think about women who are incredibly good-looking and also our voices in general. Yeah. So to have a high-pitched voice, and I've had – I have quite a high-pitched voice, so yeah, as I get, as I get older, that's changed. But it, it sometimes people do equate that with being ditzy. And often there are – I know like newsreaders do it all the time and women in radio often, the ones that do get the gigs have lowered voices. Oh, they okay. either do lower their voices on purpose, like radio and media mm. training will do that. Hello. Yeah. Or they generally have like lower lower voices anyway. And it's something to do with men not liking to listen to women at that high pitch. And Lana Del Rey has also expressed this idea that people often have said that she's hysterical or overly emotional or, you know, that kind of tone yeah. in a woman's voice makes her taken be taken less seriously which I know Taylor Swift has talked into as well obviously both women come from incredible privilege so it's I'm not like playing a violin for them but it is interesting that both of those women I think have had incredibly long careers in the industry incredibly successful careers are incredible songwriters in their own right but still somehow which I think happens to people like Dolly Parton as well get shelved into a particular category because they're beautiful Mm. and they don't get given the kind of weight of, say, other songwriters of our generation, male songwriters, I will say. Yes. Um, And I think that happens a lot with female writers as well, like, oh, that's women's writing or it's chick lit or something, as opposed to just they are in their own right really incredible artists and songwriters. So just a really interesting, slightly kind of controversial figure. Yeah. And I just, it's a really cool album. I'm just really enjoying it. So it's called Did You Know There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? And it's just out now on Spotify. Great. You know what else is just out now? What is just out now? This podcast and you can review it in app. Ooh, yes. Just like Levi Guts. Levi Guts has given us five star review, oh, and you can do it in okay. app. You can do it in any app that you're listening to. He said, "Fine, here's your review. Look, I did it in app. Great podcast of recommendations from two hosts that enjoy very different media. Great banter, chemistry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, Family thank loves you, it thank every you, time thank I make you, a, thank you. I make glass potatoes. Oh yes, they're so good. I know. I need to get to back to doing some more cooking to give you some more recommendations. Agreed. Glass potatoes are brilliant. And this is where I got the recipe. Give them a listen. Do it. We have to pick up our son soon. Do you have a letter? We certainly do. I absolutely do. Alrighty, so um, forcing everyone at work to listen to Claire's album. Hells yes. What a legend, Mark, when you are. Hi, you two. Long-time listener of the Weekly Planet, at least. First-time writer. What up, dog? I just wanted to tell a quick story about my experience with Claire's album. I feel like as a male in my early 20s, I may not be the target audience. That's all right. But Claire's constant plugs had me eventually give it a try. I found it very enjoyable and have even added cold and fear to feel to my regular playlist. I am an exploration geologist in Canada and work in some very remote camps. I was on one such project when some of my co-workers caught me listening to it and asked what it was. I tried to explain that I was pretty sure it's supposed to symbolise the changing of a woman's body and mind after pregnancy. Exploration camps are historically male-dominated spaces and therefore this concept was entirely foreign to all of us. 
Now it's a little bit of a running joke that I spend my days getting in touch with deeply feminist topics. Mm. Ne- nevertheless, I made them all listen to it in the core shack with me and whether they like it or not, they will be forced to understand the female experience. It must feel strange as an artist to reach so many different types of people all over the world. Did you ever think that a group of geologists and drillers in the mountains of northern Canada would listen to your voices for hours? Yes. <laughs> Anyways, love the pod and the dynamic between you two. My suggestion is the podcast The Therapy Crouch. It's another delightful married couple, Peter Crouch and Abby Clancy. Much like yourselves, their different interests really complement each other and they have many laugh-out-loud moments of banter. Hopefully I can make it over to Aussie for a live show someday. Keep up the fantastic work, Mark. That's wonderful, Mark. Thank you so much for the kind words and And email. Do you know what I find interesting about this too? No. My music, I called it Matrescence, which you would think, well, that's just for women who are mothers or something. But it's absolutely not. And I think I really appreciate Mark listening and also sharing it because actually it's just about the human condition, which is all of us. So like grief, loss, fear, love, desire, all of that stuff that we all feel is bundled up into the experience of having kids, shame, worry about what people think of us, all of that stuff. And so I think if you're a bloke, it's not just for women is what I was trying to say. And I think we shouldn't be thinking about feminist issues as purely just for women to be listening to and thinking about because as I've discovered too, men are parents as well and whenever I talk about matrescence as that word about a woman's body changing after pregnancy and their mind being different, partners of women who have dads have all said the same, like my Uber driver was like, yeah, my wife's completely different. And I'm like, exactly. For the worst. Yeah, no, but I, do, I just genuinely do think that, you know, this that anyway, the album itself is not just for, for women. It's not for boys It's only. for humans. Oh, it's not for Whoever kind of human you are out else. there, it is for everyone. Non-binary. You could be cool. You could be uncool. Yeah. You could be old. You could be young, but you can't be in between. <laughs> All right, Claire, let's okay, go. Okay, we've been stressful podcast. Uh, thank you as always for calling for editing terrible. this week's episode. And, um, yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. 